The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Hope you're all having a shit one this week. Uh, it's Tuesday night. Brad Brown, Brandon Anderson here again with another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Brad, I actually got to go out to the racetrack this weekend. Uh, checked out the season opener at Eagle Raceway. Uh, it was cold, but I had a hell of a time. Uh, how was your week? Weekend was good. I finally had a weekend off from my real job, and I took full advantage of it and got my batteries recharged Uh I was wondering if you uh, went with uh, Stu over to Knoxville or if you went out to Eagle and, and took the 15-minute drive out there. When uh, there's 20 sprint cars 15 minutes up the road, it, it's hard to beat that, especially when you're, when you're lazy like I am and don't want to spend all day Sunday sleeping because you drove back from Knoxville Raceway. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it's getting harder to go over to Knoxville, especially for a down and back like you quite often do. Yeah, I mean that's the way I can do it. Uh, it's it's fun to do. Uh, I definitely don't recover like I used to, but uh, it, I mean it's it's hard to beat Eagle Raceway. It's darn good racing up there, and through all the classes, I know Brad, you don't like all the uh, the stock cars and the modifieds, and you probably don't even like the sprint cars out there. But it's it's fun to go out to, and plus, you know that's where all my friends are at, so you can't go wrong. You you really can for fifteen. It takes it's. 15, 20 minute drive. So yeah, you can't go wrong. And, and, uh, Roger does a great job of getting that show over by 10, 10 30 every night. So that's still a pretty good night, even though there's five, five classes of cars out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a great day Saturday during the day. Uh, we, I took the old Mustang, had the top down, rolled out there. So it was a fun drive out there and you're definitely going to, I'm definitely going to kidnap you and take you out there at least once this year. You know, quite honestly, I would have went out there last Saturday if I didn't have a lot of stuff planned and, and Trina didn't have a lot of stuff planned. We had a full Saturday, and so it just it just wasn't going to work out. So uh, I'll get out there and uh, and uh, watch the three hundred fives, and uh, I I know I'm going to enjoy myself the whole night. So I'll I'll get out there this year. Yeah, you'll have to get out there and check out uh, Chase's new paint scheme, uh, bright pink and uh, <laughs> yeah. reflective. Just you know, you can't miss them on the racetrack. So uh, you gotta Refle- go re- reflective and pink. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go root for your boy. Yeah, I'll be out there. I'll get out there. And now that I'm fully vaccinated and the people I'm going to hang out with are fully vaccinated, it's, uh, I don't have any reservations anymore. Yeah, for sure. So uh, there was a lot of racing on tap uh, this past week. The biggest one of them all was Bristol Motor Speedway with the World Outlaws. You saw David Gravel sweep the event, uh, picking up the win Friday night, setting a new track record on Friday as well, coming back Saturday night and picking home a cool I want to say 25K. Yep, 25. Yeah, for sure. Uh, $25,000. I tell you. <laughs> this is a great amount of money. Holy crap. I can't even think just, you know, walking into 25K, right, you know, just for one night. It, it, it's amazing. If, if there's any question on David Gravel's ability, it, they should all be laid to rest. Uh, every car he gets into, he wins in it. Um 
there was there was absolutely nothing against the 41 car, but he won a lot of races in that 41 car. Um, the two car that he's driving for right now in Todd Quarine, the Houston Speedway car, it has not won very many races in the last two or three years, and that is not a knock against um, Kerry Madsen. It's not a right? knock Kerry against Madsen, Dan Lasowski. I mean, Lasowski's won in that car, but – you yeah, know, but they don't win on the David consistent. Gravel. Yeah, they don't win on the consistent basis that Gravel's winning at. Uh, yeah, look what David Gravel did. He swept the weekend. I mean, he on on Friday he was fast time, won his heat, won the dash, and won the feature. And uh, the the guy can just drive a, a damn race car, and and it doesn't matter which race car. If you can win in Bill Rose's race car like he did in Knoxville years ago, <laughs> David Gravel's a race car driver. Yeah, definitely for sure. We're gonna be joined with. Uh, Paul McMahon, speaking of Bristol Race, uh, Bristol Motor Speedway, not Bristol Raceway. Uh, we're going to be joined with Paul later on in the show as he talks about just racing Bristol in general and how it's kind of changed over the years and uh, kind of his plans with that uh, CJB number 23. Yeah, um, we had Paul on previously. Uh, um, him and Stu are only two repeat drivers, but. Uh, Paul's always a, a good guy to uh, and willing to jump on our show, so uh, we brought him back and and uh, wanted to hear about the the weekend at Bristol. And uh, we tried to find we're trying to find questions that not everybody's already asked, and so hopefully this will turn out really well for us. And uh, uh, Paul's always a good interview. Yeah, definitely, uh, Brad. I don't know if you have a big list of winners or not, but I have a few that we're going to run down here. Uh, the Power Eye Midgets, they were over at Lucas Oil Speedway, and I want to say that's in Eldon, Missouri. Is that correct? Um, no. Uh, Eldon, Eldon, Missouri, Missouri is Lake of the Ozarks. So Lake of the Ozarks, yes. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I don't even know where Lake of Lucas Oil is. Wheeland. Wheeland, Wheeland yeah, there we go. So <laughs> Saturday night, we saw Emerson Axum pick up his first career uh, Lucas Oil Power Eye Midget Series victory. Uh, Sunday night, they rolled down the road to Grain Valley, uh, and we saw Dazen Persley pick up the win in the KKM car. Um, on tap with those was uh, on Saturday night, Wesley Smith picked up the uh, the Lucas Oil War Series portion of that race. I, I don't know anything about Wesley Smith, but uh, it's cool to see a guy out there in victory lane like that. Um I, I think that's the the '86 car, isn't it? The red '86 that uh, has had a lot of different drivers in them over the years, and I think this is the son or the grandson coming up through the ranks and taking over the reins of the '86 car. That could be. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. USR URSS, the United Rebels Sprint Series 305 guys, they were down there in Dodge City, home of right now Craig Delansky as he's promoting that that facility. Saw Ty Williams pick up the victory. Um, our boy uh, Tyler Drukey won Friday night at Crawford County Speedway in Denison, Iowa. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tyler had a heartbreaker on Saturday night as uh, Joy Dan- Joey Danley passed him on the last lap to take away the feature went over there at Eagle. That would be a hard pill to swallow. You lead all or most of the race, and you just need one more lap. And, and for whatever reason, a lap car, you jump the cushion, whatever – and somebody passes you, that would be a, that'd be a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I, I saw Tyler as he got out of the car on, on Saturday night as I'm waiting for uh, Joey to get to victory lane, and he gets out, and you just saw the the just disappointment on his face as he's sitting on his, uh, his left front tire just kind of trying to soak it all in. And, I mean, Tyler's a class act. I mean, as soon as Joey got in there, he walked over to Joey, congratulated him on, on, on a good race. I mean, it, the feature itself was... 
was a badass race. I mean, there was passing going on. Tyler didn't run away with it by any means. He had to pass Adam Gillian. Uh, kind of late in the race to take the lead and just, you know, Joey just ran his line and just hunted him down. So we're going to hear more about that uh, that race as we when we talk to James Roland from Roland Race News as he gives us the Eagle Raceway recap, roundup, whatever we want to call it now. But uh, James is definitely going to talk about that Eagle feature, which was one hell of a barn burner. Well, good to hear. I, I'm glad uh, Danley, uh, his uh, shop is just right up the street from me. So when I go out by Fallbrook and drive through that road, there you always peek over there and see if they're working on the race car. You're, so that's that's cool. To be you're living, living in uh, in sprint car heaven right there. You got Stu Snyder out down the street. You got Danley right down the road. Yep, I, Stu I, drove his huge ass rig right in front of our house again yesterday. So <laughs> I don't know what he does on a Monday with that thing, but. It seems like every Monday he's driving in front in front of our house with this big ass rig, and, and he's got to go really slow because there's usually cars on both sides of the street, so that, that thing fits like a glove. But he he gets it down the road, so uh, um, props to him for learning know how knowing how to drive. Yeah, speaking of Sue, he took that uh, the twenty three S car up to Knoxville Race where we saw another guy that we had on the show, Matthew Stelzer, the professionals, as he uh, picked up the uh, the Pro Sprint Series victory. Um, Austin McCarl knocked off a victory in four tens action. And this is pretty cool. 11 years since this guy was last in victory lane. Stu's father-in-law, Josh Higday picked up the 360 feature. I, I did watch Knoxville online and, uh, yeah, that was, that was an impressive run by, uh, Higday. He, uh, he took care of business early and he, he stretched it out and that a feature in the four tens, I think it was Brian Brown's. But, uh, you know, they say he blew a motor, and they say that uh, they always run fastest before they blow, and he was gone from the pole. But uh, uh, Austin McCarl come back, and uh, he ended up winning it after uh, after uh, Brian Brown's misfortune. I don't know if uh, Tony Bachoven took that garlic down to Brian Brown or not, and if he did, it, it sure as fuck didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. No. Right now, Brian's in a slump. He, he needs a slump buster or whatever that is, and uh, – uh, he needs to figure, get get through this slump, and uh, you, the only way you do it is you keep working, and and you'll break through. Yeah, knowing Brian Brown, he's definitely not going to give up. He's going to you know push harder, work through this slump, and uh, he's going to find victory lane again here real soon. Yeah, he he will. You got it. We we are are going to talk with uh, Paul McMahon about uh, the um, Brent Marks and the CJB car, and then Brent's uh, sep- uh, leaving the CJB team and. We're not going to get into big details because it's not my business, not our business. But uh, um, what does Brent Marks do? He puts his cars together and he goes out on a second night and he wins a race at uh, um, what was it, Sellins Grove uh, Speedway in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So you you kind of wonder because if he if he had the CJB ride, he kept his equipment, he kept his trailer, he kept his car, and it took him a week to put a car together that actually won a race. Uh, he had a fallback plan just in case. And so he, but he, he put that car together and he, he won that race $5,088 for that win at Sellins Grove. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that you can leave that car, put your, put your own shit together and two races later, find victory lane. So, I mean, instead, I, like I said, it's none of our business what happened between him and CJB, but it wasn't the driver. I don't think, cause I mean, Brent didn't forget how to drive a sprint car. Maybe the teams well, just didn't mesh or anything like that. But I mean, as we saw, you know, even with our, with our buddy, Paul McMahon, everybody's saying, you know, he's doesn't have it anymore. And he goes out there and 
you know, podium finishes with the All-Stars, you know, runs fifth Saturday night at Bristol Motor Speedway with the Outlaws. I mean, he didn't forget how to drive a race car. No, there's there's a lot about chemistry. You got to have chemistry. And that's been talked about by several drivers multiple times over the years. Um, Whether you believe it or not, who knows what the story is, but uh, there's uh, extenuating circumstances why Brett Marks is not with the 19 or with the five CJB car anymore. So, um, but, but it sounds like he's back in a comfortable situation and uh, props to him for on the second night going out in there and winning 5,000 5, bucks. Yeah. You know what I say when it comes to that sort of stuff is not my pig, not my farm. Yep. Yep. Um, and I'm sure that Brent's not too worried about it and he's, he's got his big sponsors and uh, um, he's, he's back in the winner's circle. So yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of things changing here a little bit, as we're talking about Brent Marsh changing rights, our buddy Trey Gropp, he is now out of the team Ripper car and back in the mounts double zero. I don't know how long he's going to be in that double zero car for. I don't know if it was just a one race type deal. Really haven't talked to Trey about it, but uh, he was in that mounts double zero last weekend at uh, Lucas Oil Speedway. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be a full time deal with him. I hope it is because uh, Trey's fun to watch in a midget. He's had some good success in that ride too, hasn't he? Yeah, he picked up a Power Eye West uh, feature win in that car last year over at Airport Speedway down there in Oklahoma. Has really good runs in that car. I mean, he jumped in that car this weekend over at Lucas Oil and had, and knocked off the, their best uh, feature finish of the of the year. I mean, they've had Ace McCarthy in that car. They had a handful of other guys in that car. Then Trey jumps back in and gives them their their best finish of the year. Well, I, I've got a lot of excitement to, to watch him race. I know you're a little more uh, close to the situation than I am, but uh, um, I, I don't get to watch the midgets and I don't pay attention to him as much as you do. But uh, yeah, Trey seems to be a pretty damn good driver. And Flea Rezac was on here a while ago and he, he just had nothing but high, high praise for, for Trey and his work ethic and so forth. So uh, um, that's, that's going to get him where he needs to go and where he wants to go. So I, Keep working, Trey, and uh, and uh, we're going to be sitting here watching you and rise to the top. Yeah, the best thing about that is I can wear my uh, Trey Drop Double Zero shirt again. Because, you know, <laughs> once once a guy leaves a car, you can't really wear that shirt anymore. I mean, at least that's right. my rule. So I get I get to wear my Trey Drop shirt again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and with this new ink on these new shirts, they no matter how long you have them, they all look brand new every time you wear them. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, go for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some sad news I want to pass along. Uh, and, I mean, it's, it's sad news, but it's, it's turned out to be good news. Uh, Dave Darland, uh, the people's champ, one of your favorite drivers, Brad, uh, sounds like he suffered a stroke driving uh, driving to the race, you know, of all places. Uh, sounds like he got checked in, the, in a hospital in Indiana, Indianapolis, and uh, he's back home now. Uh, and from all the updates that I saw, things are starting to look better for him. Yeah, I don't know how it all went down, but he was driving to Kokomo to to drive a, his sprint car in the Kokomo race, and something happened, and conf- uh, they found out that uh, he was confused, he was lost, uh, didn't know really what was going on, and they tracked him down and got him to the hospital, and he ended up in having a stroke, and uh, um, he spent a couple of days in the hospital. He's back home and uh, slowly recovering, and. Boy, the people's champ, uh, we we hope nothing but the best for you and a speedy recovery, but uh, your health is the most important. So uh, take care of yourself and uh, 
Uh, hopefully we can, uh, he can make it through this without any problems and, and he'll recover. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Dave's a, Dave's a hell of a guy. I remember it was a USAC race here at Eagle Raceway. You could not make it. He wanted me to pick up a Dave Darlin shirt. He, yep. was, he was driving the 71P car. So I go down there. It's like, Dave, got any shirts? I got a buddy who wants one. He goes, yep, it's 100 bucks." I'm like, $100? You got to be fucking me. <laughs> He's like, you tell him it's 100 bucks. I'll keep 50. You keep 50. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. I like the way you think, brother. <laughs> Actually, I, I wore that shirt just uh, this last Saturday on Brew Day when I was brewing three different batches of beer. I had my uh, Dave Dallin shirt on. Yeah, so Dave, Dave's a hell of a guy. I, I, anytime I get to see him run or talk to him, he he's one of those guys that always has a story for everything. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Dave as he recovers from this. I'm, it sounds like he's going to make a full recovery. So um, that's pretty awesome. I'd be really surprised if he ever races again, though. I mean, it's it's too risky for somebody that's had a stroke and stuff. So um, the most important thing is their full recovery and enjoy your grandkids. And and uh, there's always there's always something else better to do. So uh, keep keep working and get better. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. So as you know, this is a racing podcast, but you know there is more to life than just racing. So and and like you said, families. By far the most important thing, so and, and your health. So, Dave, we're 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 thinking of you. Yep, a friend of mine once said, "Brad, there's always another race," and I couldn't agree more. There's always another race, and so uh, just get healthy, Dave, and uh, and uh, take care of yourself. Other than that, uh, I, I'm not really familiar with uh, other winners or anything like that. So, I think that the winners section is probably. Uh, come to a conclusion for this podcast yeah this has never been a uh, winner's recap podcast by any means <laughs> so with that being said we're going to take a quick break we're going to be joined on the taylor computer and i'm going to get this r- wrong every single time i even have it written down in front of me it's the taylor computers and repair hotline thanks to our friend dan taylor over at taylor computers and repair uh you want to check them out for all your computer repair needs. It's at Taylor Computers Repair. No and in that one on Facebook. So, uh, Dan, thanks for sponsoring the podcast. One of these days, we're going to get your name right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Cheers. Hey, you damn right. I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammate, Steve Kent. Uh-huh. Well, he wasn't happy with me for crowding him, but shit, I want to win. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser, piece of shit. All that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumbass flagman that can't see. All right, joining us now on the Tailored Computer Repair Computers and Repair Hotline is uh, the driver of the number twenty three CJB Motorsports, uh, Mister Paul McMahon. Paul, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. We're uh, we're talking racing on a Tuesday night. You can't go wrong with that. No, it's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I'm kind of just getting kicked off here. Uh, uh, clearly, we're off of the weekend of a, a very uh, highly anticipated race at Bristol, a uh, weekend at Bristol. Uh, um, I know that uh, you had a, a pretty successful weekend with uh, ninth the first night and was it a fifth the second night? Um, yep. Uh, everything seemed to uh, go pretty well for you. I mean, we compare results from uh, 2002 when the last time we were there and and boy, it was a pretty impressive weekend for you and the 23 CJB car. 
Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, you know, having motors that run really well, like I do with, with Kistler engines there at CJB really helps. And, um, you know, everything nowadays is, is about qualifying and we were able to qualify, uh, well and, and put ourselves in the dash both nights. And, um, you know, when you're in the dash, um, at Bristol that weekend, you're guaranteed to start in the top three rows. So, uh, anytime you can start up front at a place like that is, uh, going to be beneficial. Yeah, for sure. What's it, I mean, you know, you, you, you had a started quite up front quite a bit up there the first two, uh, I guess both nights, I should say, but that, uh, David gravel car, that was fat. He was fast all weekend long. Uh, what did you have to do to try to keep up with him? Uh, David was fast uh, all weekend. Um, you know, I mean, first night, you know, I was after the, we got done racing, I was really mad at myself after a ninth place run because I started up fourth and, and ran third for the first part of the race and um, just never got off the bottom soon enough and um, had to move up. And um, once I moved up, uh, I moved up too late, you know, and I was already back to ninth. Um, so uh, my own fault the first night and, and the second night, I definitely wasn't going to make that mistake and uh, we were able to run top five. So, um, you know, David, David was dang fast there all weekend um he had you know he also had the benefits of being in clean air the whole time and um but he was he was damn fast i mean he broke the track record the first night uh and and come back and, and qualified i think second the second night and won both nights so uh, but you know logan Schuhart, um uh, I, I think he was he was running really well and then had a problem but um the guy i mean between gravel and, and roots well, they were the probably the two fastest race car consistently all weekend you mentioned that uh, that David, you know, he, obviously he broke the uh, track record on Friday night. Then uh, Sam Haber team came back on Saturday night and broke it again. There was a lot of talk on social media about the speeds, and it seemed like a lot of people were disappointed that you guys weren't going faster. But 140 mile an hour in a sprint car is pretty fucking fast, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how uh, our cars ain't made to go much faster than that. Um... You know, I mean, aerodynamics would have to start playing a big role in if we if we got going much faster. I know, like when they used to run the miles and stuff, when they would get up there around 160 miles an hour, we had to do all sorts of things to to make the aero right on our race car to keep them on the ground. So, um, uh, 142 miles an hour was our I think our average lap there when Sam broke it, uh, broke the track record. So um, that's plenty fast. Um, our race cars, you know. We can go probably faster, but the materials of the frames and whatnot aren't made for uh, much more than what we're going already. Do you feel that speed when you're when you're cruising? Because I talked to a couple, a couple of the local modified driver, drivers uh, went up there a couple weeks earlier when they had the whole modifies and late models out there, and mm-hmm. they said they said they were going fast, but they didn't realize how fast they were going until they slowed down to like pull on pit road. Yeah, no, you have no clue how fast you're going. Really, I mean. You know you're going fast. Like the only time I can really kind of give you an idea how fast you're going is is when they tell you, you know, lining up and they tell you to catch up to the pace car and you run, you know, a half a lap wide open through one and two, let's say and down the back straightaway, and then the pace car is going forty miles an hour and you're trying to slow that thing up as quick as you can and you you're you really can't you're you're kind of moving off to the side so you don't run the back of the pace car or somebody in front of you because the closing rate all of a sudden you realize how fast you're really going that was that was gonna be my question is um 
the the armchair quarterbacks were always can, talking about the the speed of Bristol and how extreme it is and so forth. But um, is it really? I was just going to ask: Does it really? As a driver, do you notice it? The difference between going top speed at Knoxville versus Bristol versus Williams Grove. I mean, you guys have just got to get immune to the speed anymore, and and uh, it just it's just natural for you guys anymore. It's for for me or Brandon, it would be scary as hell to go 120 on a car down interstate. But I do that guys, going to Knoxville, Brad. I do that going to Knoxville. So <laughs> it's it's just got to be a, a like a, a just a normal thing for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way you know. I mean, our whole well, my whole life, I've I've been racing. So um, once you got into sprint car, when you first get in your sprint car, yeah, you think you're going real fast, and then when you start, you know, as you get going, the speed is kind of erupting. After that, you it's not that big of a thing um, to us in the race car. You really don't notice how fast you're going until you either something happens or you got to, or you got to stop. So, you know, it's just kind of, it's just what we do. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. I know my wife wasn't really impressed with um, the speeds we were going, but I just kept telling her I, I was Maverick and goose from top gun. And I felt the need for speed. So let's go. <laughs> Hammer down. Let's roll boys. Oh, she didn't awesome. find the humor in it. Women, the, the, the women never <laughs> seem to find the humor in our jokes. Uh, I mean, so, my wife gets pissed off at me for my childish uh, humor, day in and day out. Yeah. So you were so, the one. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry. Nah, no. Nope, mine was gonna be a stupid question. Nope. I was gonna ask you know with the rain out on Saturday, how did you occupy your time throughout the day on Saturday? I know your your son. Uh, he did what what your son always does and. Your wife tweeted something about being too deep in uh, margaritas or something. So what did you do to kind of just occupy your time throughout the, the day Saturday? We just, uh, we actually just had, you know, we went to lunch with the team and kind of hung out with them for lunch. And then uh, when we got done, uh, you know, I, I grabbed my my Tyler Ray and, and Eric Miller, my two crew guys. Then uh, we went down to the bowling alley, uh, met up with Rico and, um, you know, everybody seemed to be there. It was like, if we the racers took over this bowling alley down the street from the, our hotel, and uh, you know, a few old adult beverages were taken in by by a few. Uh, I had a couple because I had a race the next day, so I I don't recoup like I used to. So <laughs> I had a couple drinks, and um, you know, everybody come down, and uh, we just kind of hung out and did some bowling, and you know, told stories and did a lot of laughs and. Had a real good time. I mean, um, you know, you don't get to do that very often anymore with uh, the way our recent schedules are and how competitive everybody is. But when that ring came in Saturday, um, you know, it was nice just to kind of sit down and be normal people and, and go bowling and just hang out. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too too eventful, but um, it was just kind of nice to have a normal day. You mentioned that you got to hang out with Rico. Uh, this completely off topic, changing gears here, but. How badass was that number twenty-two Pennzoil uh, car that he brought out for Jack? Oh, there was that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I know Jack was Jack. Well, he is Rico's hero, and I believe Rico had a goat cart back when he was younger when he was racing goat carts. That was the twenty-two Pennzoil car. So um, to see that to come out, this is you know, I guess this is I didn't know this, but I guess this is Jack's final season what i'm kind of reading in places but i'm not 100 sure so to see that 22 come back out was was pretty cool the only thing would have been cooler if they borrowed the trailer from book motorsports and brought the old 22 trailer back because 
the Book Motorsports trailer is the 22 trailer that Hod used back when it was a Pennzoil car. That's that's a cool little fact. I didn't know that. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, it still has. If you get up on the roof, you can still see the Pennzoil where they had the sticker, the Pennzoil sticker on top. It, it's still kind of faded in there. So see, it's kind of uh, kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, when when they de- debuted that car, I was like, that that's just badass. I mean. That twenty two car's always been one of my favorites. If you could bring back any one of your uh, your retro paint schemes for for a night, or you know, even if they do something like uh like what they do at Darlington with the, the throwback night at Nationals or whatever, what car would you bring back? Uh, you know, I mean, I that's hard to do. I mean, I you know, the U two car was very um, famous going around for years, and I was fortunate to drive it. Uh, and probably, I'd probably bring back the family car though, because that would be that's that's something that's. Uh, what got me started in something close to the heart. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the, the U2 car or even the Selma shell. I, I was a big fan of that Selma shell car and, uh, and you drove that for, for a, a couple of years. So both of those cars were, were, uh, what I, I relate Paul McMahon to is, uh, uh, the 11 H or the, uh, U2. Yeah, those were, um, those are iconic race cars. And, uh, like I said, I've, been fortunate to drive for some pretty cool car owners over the years so it'd be really hard just to pick one i'd have to i'd have to go back a few years in my career so i could start and get them all in before i quit but i got a lot to get in there yeah definitely (laughs) uh we mentioned earlier that you were one of the guys that got to race bristol back in 2000 and 2001 what was the biggest difference with like the track itself compared to then and now you know i mean 20 years ago it's we had so many different, you know, we had our motors weren't as good. Our wings weren't as good. Our shocks weren't as good. So, I mean, they're really, I mean, like driving around, racing around, the track was no different. It was pretty much the same as it was. I feel 20 years ago as it was now. We just, we just got, we got so advanced in our, our technology with our motors and our shocks and in our race cars and everything about them that the speed was just really the only difference. I mean, you know, Sammy went, well, they went a 13.6 20 years ago. The first night we only went, we got to just under 13.6. And then, you know, the next day we come back and we're three tenths faster. That was, I think everybody getting a little bit more comfortable, getting a little bit more laps around the racetrack and, um, you know, just showing how fast we really could go. Did you uh, have to make any modifications like you did to like your wings this year, this year than, than you guys did um, back in the day? Yeah, we, we just um, we didn't have to cut the left sides off like we did back in 2002. Um, you know, you still could have done it, but, you know, you, you want so much of the boards to be on the race car now that we didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we did add an extra brace on the right, on the left side board. And we, normally, you only have four braces down the left side of the wing. We put five on just to because um, it packs so much air in there into the corners so the wing wouldn't collapse and you saw uh, logan shuart had one collapse on friday night um didn't have the fifth brace in so a lot of people come sunday were were putting a fifth brace in yeah i mean yeah we saw that logan had that wing collapse and i didn't know you guys added more braces or anything like that but it, it's kind of it's kind of amazing that you know that much force that just one little brace will keep that wing up upright yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, you got, you're spaced out evenly, kind of in the center of that board gets a lot of pressure there. That's where all the air packs into is right in the center. So it just starts to bow it and, and then it, it pulls the, the silicone off and then just collapses the, 
the aluminum. So the fifth one was just a, a precaution and, um, you know, knock on wood, I didn't have no issues with it. So, uh, we made the right decision, I guess. Kind of getting off of Bristol now and going back a, a week or so uh, with your opening week with CJB and the 23 car, you had four races. Um, you had a podium, you had a, you had a pretty good weekend there. Uh, there was a little bit of, uh, team controversy and we're not going to dive into that because that's not our business and uh, I don't expect you to divulge anything but uh, you guys uh, stay focused on the 23 car you guys come out there and you got a podium on the the last night Uh, um, how did you feel that that opening weekend went for you and getting back together with the CJB team it went well I mean it didn't start off you know when we got to what Virginia the first night we didn't qualify well you know it was just Barry trying to get you know, get us back acclimated with each other. And, you know, we didn't qualify well, didn't run very well in the heat race, but we run fifth, you know, fortunate, you know, with saving my tire and making it to the end, I got to a fifth place finish. We went to the Grove and we ran 10th and it was just progressively getting better every day. And that was just getting back to, you know, Barry, you know, Brent, Barry's been with Brent all last year. Well, Brent's 185 pounds. I'm back at 140 pounds. So you had to change the race cars around. We had to add weight to our car. So we were trying to get the balance of the race car correctly. And um, by the end of the weekend, we, I think we hit it off pretty good, you know, quick time and, and ran third in the, in the future. And then like sit on to Bristol and ran very well there too. So um, like I told Barry, when I got done Saturday or Sunday afternoon was it's, you know, we're back to where we're like, we never even left each other. We just, we had a three, five year break between stints but it's like we're right back where we were in 2015. Yeah, the, the, with you teaming up with uh, CJB, it's, they've always been known as the number five or number 51. Where'd that number 23 come from? 23 came from actually from Chad Clemens' son, Braden. His number, were, he was his birthday's the 23rd, and all his numbers used to be 23 until he switched to the 51. And um, so when we decided to bring a second car out, we didn't want to go back to the, the 51 because that's Fred Raymer. Uh, and little Freddie's number out in PA and uh, we were going to do a lot of racing in PA. So we, you know, they came up with, uh, they, they asked Braden what he wanted and that 23 is what he came up with. I knew there was a story to it. <laughs> well, Brandon, if you had pay attention to Twitter, you would have known that about a week ago. So uh... I, 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 I don't <laughs> pay attention to Twitter. So that's probably a good thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul, um, and like I said, I don't want to get into the the five car, but uh, does does things change for you now that the five car is um, not out there right now? Are you picking up some races, or is it going to just stay uh, um, stay the course and just keep no. doing? We're going to pick up some more races. Um, you know, we're going to. They don't haven't figured out what they're going to do with the with the five car yet. If they're going to keep. You know, they want to keep going on the all stars, but they don't know what. You know, they're still kind of looking for a driver. Well you know, we're racing. I was racing the all-star races this weekend anyway. So we're just going to slap a five on the 23 this weekend. And, uh, you know, this weekend, and I think the following week, you know, until they make a decision, they, you know, they, they should have a decision here shortly, but we're going to just blast a five on this week and keep them in the owner's points and uh, go from there. Uh, I got a question about the, uh, do you have Knoxville nationals on your schedule right now? Oh yes. That, that one I won't miss. How how can right. we get you to come out to I eighty for when the uh, the outlaws run yeah. too? That way we can see you run. Uh, I don't even know when that is, so I, I you never know. 
you just never know where I'll show up. Cause like I said, our, with, with Brent leaving, it kind of jumbled up my schedule some. So we're, um, you know, it's just kind of, we, we, we didn't talk about last week cause we just wanted to focus on Bristol. Now we're trying to figure out, uh, what we're going to do. And, um, like I said, hell, you never know. I might show up somewhere. I'll bet you if we uh, put QuickTime podcast on the uh, the top wing, uh, they, they'd be out here. They would do. Yep, money speaks, buddy. Money <laughs> hey, talks. That's the thing, Brad. Is we don't have any money here, so unless you're working <laughs> over your pocketbook, by all means, we'll, we'll slap that QuickTime sticker on on uh, Paul's car there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking that's, of, that's, that's, oh, sorry, Brad. That'd be speak. awesome to have you come back. It's it's like the week after Knoxville Nationals, but uh, yeah. That'd be a great, uh, great event to come back to, and and we'll we'll make sure that you and Sammy stay apart this time coming out of coming out of two. Yeah, we we don't want that to happen again. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of, speaking of decals, uh, you you tweet. I, and this is one of the rare times I do uh, pay attention to that Twitter. You tweeted out that you're you're glad to be a part of a small part of the Team Jack Foundation. How'd you get hooked mm-hmm. up with those guys? I mean, they're they're big here in, in uh, Nebraska with uh with Jack just down the a couple town towns down the road and uh. Mark Birch is one hell of a supporter with that cause. And that's how I got involved was through Mark Birch. Um, you know, he came to me and, um, you know, wanted to, wanted to give me a little bit of a sponsor deal for myself. And he just said, you know, I want you to run team Jack and he didn't really want nothing for himself. So we run the team Jack and, and Mark Birch motorsports on my cars for the last, uh, two years, I think it was. And then, and then the, this year when I went to CJB, um, I just put it on myself. That was something I'm very passionate about. You know, it's, um, you know, my wife went through the cancer thing. So, um, I couldn't imagine being a, a dad having to go watch your child go through, uh, cancer with the brain cancer. So team Jack is a very near and dear thing to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a very, very small part of it, but, uh, I'm very honored to be, to be a part of it. I, I find it really amazing how the, uh, the, the dirt track community kind of wrapped their arms around that foundation and kind of ran with it. It's, it's pretty cool in my book. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a testament to Mark Birch. I mean, that guy's, uh, he's brought it. He's the one that brought the awareness to dirt track and, and motorsports mostly is, is what he has done. I mean, he sponsors and helps so many people. It's not just me. It's, you know, guys like Parker Price Miller and he's on the 41 car. He's on, Zeb Wise's car, you know, him and Don Drought had their deal that they just plastered all over his race cars when he races. Um, and I'm sure there's more that Mark does that I don't know about, but, uh, Mark is, Mark is one hell of a man. And, uh, I'm just fortunate to call him a friend of mine and, uh, just glad he got me involved in it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you, uh, if you, uh, bought any of those raffle tickets for that Trans Am that he restored, but I think they just raffled that off last week or a couple weeks ago. I didn't win. I I didn't either. I was trying to get him. I was trying to get him. Did win it though. I was trying to get him to rig that thing so uh, so uh, the quick time guy could uh, roll around to the racetracks and that. Well, that would be very cool. Yeah, Mark. uh, He's already on to his next project. So uh, look forward to that one for next year. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what he has to say. He's he's announced. He's kind of put a little tickler feeler out there and told him it's going to be bigger and better. So I'm kind of anxious to see what it's going to be next year. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm really, he's my accountant. he did a really good job this year for us. So, uh, we'll, we'll be back next year with him. He's a, like I said, he's, he's always doing something. And every year it's always bigger and better. Yeah. Speaking of bigger and better things, uh, you mentioned you're running with the all-stars this weekend. Uh, 
what's what's coming up after that? I know I know you're saying hit, it's hit or miss, but do you have anything set in stone for the next couple weeks? I got uh, well, I got that Lernerville Friday, Sharon on Saturday, Tri Cities on Sunday for this week with the All Stars. The following week, I'm not racing because my daughter graduates from college, and I was not going to miss my daughter graduating from college, so I will not be at Eldora on the seventh and eighth, I think it is. And then the following week, I think the twelfth, I'm at. Uh, I know I'm at Lincoln Speedway in Pennsylvania on Wednesday. And then the weekend, I'm not really sure what we're doing yet. God, I can't believe she's already graduated from college. It just seemed like uh, yesterday she was in uh, junior high and and stuff. And I'm sure that yeah. time flew by fast for you too. Yes, it sure does. I mean, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I am excited. She did it in four years, and I just told like when we made our last tuition payments, I told Jana, I said we just got a raise. my my daughter's off the payroll as well and it's been good so yeah just curious what did she major in just just curious psychology okay oh she's got she's got plenty of practice with you then right she's got plenty of practice or has learned what to talk about with their patients after being around a race driver and race families for so long i tell you what i work with college kids all day long and i i I, I'm supposed to be working on their injuries, but anymore, it's more about psychology. So mm-hmm. you know, if she, she's got a full-time job ahead of her, if she wants it, it, it just go to the yep. college level and she's, she's golden. <laughs> yeah. She's very passionate about, uh, about helping people and, um, doing, doing things to help people out. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully she can get into, she can get it. She's trying to get her master's, get into a master's degree college or whatever that's called college for to get her master's degree. That's what it is. <laughs> and, uh, so she's, she's working on that. And, um, she, I think she's, she didn't get accepted to her college this year, but she's going to reapply, um, in the fall, I guess it would be maybe. And, uh, try again. That's, that's all you can do. <laughs> uh, you mentioned before we let you go, you mentioned that you, you went out and took over a bowling alley and basically told a bunch of stories what kind of stories were being told because uh that's one thing we like here oh you know i mean just just old stories um you know old stories of you know when i first met rico right now he was riding on the nerf bar brent kading's car in chico you know and just just stories I and mean, Rico telling stories about when i you know when he was young watching me race when i was young and um you know just parker price miller stories and family stories i mean it i I can't, I can't remember them all, but it was just, uh, just stories about life and, um, you know, how it is, you know, right. You know, how it is racing nowadays compared to the old days and, you know, um, just stories. I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. I'm I'm cool. I think it's cool. That you all hang out together and just uh, shoot the breeze and just relax and let your hair down. Uh, and with, with the intensity at the racetrack and so forth, uh, that, uh, uh, I'm sure that interferes from time to time, but uh, that you guys can all get together and hell, you see pictures of uh, the trailer tail or the trailer uh, getting lowered down and having a barbecue on it to the bar uh, to trailer your, barbecues. Yeah, yeah, those are always a good time. I mean, you you lay the back door down, put two right rears underneath the back door, so you have a table, and everybody gets their barbecues out, and everybody makes their own uh, their own famous dish, and we all just share amongst it's a smorgasbord amongst us all. So yeah, good times. I mean, you know, we don't we don't do it often, 
Um, but when we do do it, we all uh, really enjoy it. That, that's pretty cool that you guys can can do that sort of stuff after being fierce competitors on the track. Then, but you know, once once the helmet comes off, I guess you're all family. Pretty much, yeah. And you know, we're dysfunctional dysfunctional family, but we, we are a family. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Paul, I want to thank you for jumping on with us. It was cool to hear about Bristol and comparing it from uh, 20 years ago and because I, I still watched those races on YouTube from uh, the old TNN days. So it was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see the difference between now and then. So thanks for jumping on with us. Good luck this weekend with the All-Stars, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, guys. And uh, anytime you want to chat, just let me know. I'm, I'm here for you. Awesome. We appreciate right. it. Thanks a lot, Great. Paul. Take care, Paul. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was Paul McMahon joining us on the Taylor Computers and Repair Hotline. Brad, that's uh, the fact that we can go to a place 20 years later and it being an asphalt track, then we dump some dirt on it and make it a dirt track again, and it's pretty much the same thing that we had 20 years ago. It's pretty pretty cool, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a cool. I can't imagine walking into that arena. I mean, I want to go to Bristol for a NASCAR race, and then let alone a, a dirt car race. So walking into that arena, you just hear the, the Days of Thunder theme song in the background and, and, and walk in and just see the – when you break through and you see the, just the opening and the pits and the stands, I, that would just been – you would have got goosebumps, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, our, my buddy Tim went down there to photograph the race, and I, I was going to go when they first announced it, but some stuff with work kind of happened where I couldn't get down there. I just think it would be cool just to kind of roll into that – through that back gate right there and you're in this huge coliseum and it's covered in dirt is something you watch on on tv with nascar year in year out because that's one of the only nascar races i actually watch is the bristol race and to have sprint cars on there would be a sight to see yeah i don't know that it lived up to the hype this year I, i'm gonna be that guy the negative guy um i don't know i mean it was an awesome event it was cool it was fun to watch uh, david gravel um, there were drivers that made it up from the back to the front. Uh, don't get me wrong. There was passing, but it just, I don't think it lived up to the hype this year that it did in 2000, 2001. Um, that battle that Jeff Shepard and Sammy put on was awesome. Um, there was drama there. You had, just, you had the fight. Not, I, I won't say fight, but the, uh, the war of words between Sammy and the dude in 2001, yeah. I, 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 it's not nothing against the outlaws. I don't think because they did a hell of a job promoting the race, but I think the overhype came from all the social media stuff. We didn't have that back in 2001. You had all guys, you know, fans talking every day about Bristol and how it's going to be so awesome, how they're going to go 200 mile an hour. And then it happens and you're going 140, which you're still hauling ass. And you get guys on there like, well, I wish they were going faster. Like, just like what we talked <laughs> with Paul. So I think the social media kind of overhyped it a little bit, whereas, you know, like the Outlaws did a good job promoting that that tweet that they put out just a couple days ago about the difference of speeds with between the classes of cars was what NASCAR going 89 miles an hour around there. And then we fly around that joint at 142 mile an hour. So that stuff was pretty cool. But I I just think the the non-informed fans kind of ruined it for us. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree there. Um, I, I'm glad that they they got the dust under control. Uh, the 2001 or whatever, you couldn't hardly even see the cars all the way around the track, and so they got that figured out. There were definitely fast cars. There were some. There was some racing going on, um, and maybe the social media hype put it on a pedestal that that it couldn't live up to. But uh, 
it was still a great race and uh um gosh that would be a, an event to go to and uh, and it sounds like the world of outlaws bristol everybody did everything they could to have an, a successful weekend and uh they got the race in but uh, yeah it uh it was a it was a good event and i i do hope they come back next year and do it all over again because uh why i um the the 28 cars that showed up they did put on a pretty damn good show yeah, definitely. I, I think I mentioned it earlier in a previous episode that uh, if NASCAR comes back, I could see us coming back. So I've, with NASCAR announcing they're going to come back again, I definitely see us back on the schedule. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, maybe get some more cars to show up. You know, you said you mentioned twenty eight cars. I would like to see thirty, thirty five cars. That's just me. I'm, I'm one of the guys that you know more cars the better. But you you have to be on top of your game to rip around that place. Absolutely. And I think Bristol did a really good job with, with uh, trying to make money off the event because they had late models, they had super dirt cars, they had several events. And so it wasn't just a two day sprint car show for, and had to pay for all that dirt. So uh, I, I think that uh, I, I would assume that they did pretty well for themselves. Even in this COVID time, uh, that arena holds who knows how many 60, 70,000 people and allow 10,000, 15,000 people in there. They've had to make their money on that. So uh, um, to have multiple late model events and I am saying modified stuff, uh, I hope it all worked out for Bristol. I hope they made money on it and uh, they invite uh, the sprint car world back to the, to the venue next year. Yeah. I I hope they invite the whole dirt car world back, not just the sprint cars. I mean, yeah, we're, we're sprint car bias here, but, the stories that you saw with like the other classes of cars, I mean, I saw some low buck hobby stock guy out there and he just, he lived out a dream to get on, get to race on a yeah. track that his, that his heroes like Dale Earnhardt, Daryl Walter and all them raced on. So it, it's cool to see those kind of guys get uh, to get to go out there and do that. Obviously we're sprint car bias here. So see David gravel rip around that place and uh, pick home, take home some cold hard cash was pretty, pretty impressive and, and fun to watch. I watched the late model highlights and the late models put on a damn good show there too. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, by all accounts, it seems like it was a pretty successful venture for, for all involved. So hopefully they come back next year and do it all over again. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to wrap up the show with, uh, I guess we're going to dub it the Roland race news Eagle recap. So we're going to be joined by James Roland track and answer over there at Eagle raceway. Talking Eagle uh, as they kicked off their season finally after a cold out. I, we didn't really rain out, but it was it was damn cold uh, for the icebreaker challenge that got canceled. So we kicked off the regular season last weekend over at Eagle Raceway. So we're going to talk to James about that. And uh, there was some good racing, Brad. So uh, you definitely missed out. Yep, I missed out. Too bad. Give me some of that 
Swinging your hips and slinging your hair Side to side with you drinking the air Lord have mercy now girl I swear Gotta get your number in my phone Gotta give me some of you alone We can worry about it later on right now Just keep making this my favorite song You're singing that morning maker Like a heartbreaker Like a college major Was twisting them tearing up Friday nights Love the way you wear those jeans so tight I bet your kiss is so safe My favorite flavor Want it now and later I've never seen nothing that I want so bad Girl, I gotta get me, gotta get me some bad Like a heartbreaker, like your college major Was twisting and tearing up Friday nights Love the way you're wearing those jeans so tight I bet you kiss is a soul saver My favorite flavor, want it now and later I've never seen nothing that I want so bad Girl, I gotta get me, gotta get me some of that I gotta get me some of that All right, guys, joining us again on the Tailored Computers and Repair Hotline is James Roland from Roland Race News, making the uh, the season debut on the Roland Race News Eagle Raceway Roundup. James, it was freaking awesome to be back at a racetrack with you this past weekend over at Eagle Raceway. We saw some great action. I want to bug Brad here, but let's fucking kick things off with those stock cars. The IMCA stock cars, Roger did a hell of a thing bringing those cars in because their races were badass all weekend long. Man, I really think that was the right move to make. You know, as many people as stood behind it when they actually decided to make that change in comparison to the couple compact people that wanted to complain about it, I really hope that anybody that didn't think this was a good idea is eating crow. Because I know we're only one weekend, but that racing was incredible. As much as I used to really dislike people blaming compacts and hobby stocks for tearing the track up when modifieds go around there and tear frame rails through it, I I really think that the track conditions showed a major improvement with the stock cars. I, I think we're in for a hell of a year with those guys, especially getting 27 the first week out. Yeah, definitely. I know this is a sprint car podcast, but that stock car rate feature race with Cade Richards picking up the uh, the feature win was by far the second best race of the night because the sprint car feature was freaking awesome. Oh man, incredible. I I actually watched that back through again today and it was it's always good to watch it from a grandstand angle over the infield angle so you catch what you miss, but man, every lap of that was great. Yeah, you get the infield angle, I get the turn 1 angle when I watch uh the feature races out there at Eagle. Then how come you didn't get a picture of that stock car flip? Because I was, uh, I think I was talking to you at the time. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Could be. All right. 
Moving on to sprint cars, where we can get Brad in on the conversation. We saw Joy. Yeah, you're gonna have to wake me up uh, now. <laughs> we saw Joy Danley uh, lap last lap pass over Tyler Drukey to to steal basically yeah steal the victory from Tyler. Yeah, it was an incredible feature, just oh. to say the least. It really would have been Drukey's race, but a little bit of trouble with a lapped car. Let's see if I took down in my notes who he. Uh, Drukey got into a little wheel hop with Gene Ackland and did an amazing job of saving the car, but it was just enough to give Joey the run and get past. I hadn't actually noticed that on Saturday night, but kind of watching the replay. Yeah, that was a big old wheel hop and a good save by Drukey. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of Drukey, he had a, I mean, he didn't have that race in the bag by any means because he had to take that lead from Adam Gillian, who started up on the front row. And pretty much walked away with it for the first half of that race. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was 10 to go when the battle really started to heat up for the victory. Trevor Grossenbacher had a hell of a charge. He ended up getting around both Gullian and Ledger, and then everything just kind of started meleeing. Slide jobs were being handed out back and forth. Uh, the wheel hops, like I was talking about, it's just crazy how many different position changes there were within the last five laps of that race. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw Joey pick up that win, and I don't know if you noticed it, but the uh, the expression from Tyler Durkee as he got out of that car was just total gut check defeat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we were actually thinking of the same word, just pure agony defeat you could see the disappointment in his voice um it's like kind of like when i was talking to adam Gullion, you know nobody comes to that place or any racetrack to run second but there's some really good i hate to say graceful losers but the top four guys on that front stretch you know they might be disappointed in their performance but you know that they have the passion and the drive that they're going to come back out there next week and give it all they've got i don't think we're going to see the same winner next weekend I, I think we're in for one hell of a year with the race saver cars too. Yeah, for sure. Brad, you got anything to comment on this? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It's more about, cause I, I wasn't out there and I don't, don't know what happened. So I, I probably need to start paying attention and watching some video highlights and so forth. And, and I know I've made my point several times that I'm not a three Oh five fan, but I know they put on good races and so forth. And I just got to get my butt out there to see what's going on at Eagle Raceway because Roger and, and the Eagle staff, they put on a great show and a great program. And like I said, a couple of times, they're, they're usually done by about 1030. So it's hard to beat for, I don't even know what it costs, 10, 15, 12, 12 bucks. 12 to get bucks in. to get in. Can't beat it. 12, 12 bucks, bucks for three or four hours of entertainment. You can't beat it. And good food, cold beer. Uh, I just got to get out there at some point. And you mentioned the best part was the cold beer. <laughs> yeah, they do have oh, a wide we? variety of that. I've got a little segment here for Brad that I'm going to throw in each week. I made my final walk up to the announcer's booth to turn my equipment in at 10.07 after doing interviews. And I think we had seven minutes and 27 seconds of a late start for the heat race kickoff. But. We were, and those are those five classes that that you know the too many support classes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giving you shit. I had to do it. <laughs> well, that that's great. I mean, you know, I, about two or three years ago, I was I was the, that guy that said, "Hell, if I'm there until one or two in the morning, I'm all for it. I go to the races to go to the races." But now, 
that I'm older and arguably wiser. Yeah, ten thirty. Oh, uh, wiser is, part's a little debatable. A pretty good night of racing. So if you, and the fact that you are turning in your equipment at ten oh seven, that that's a pretty damn good night of racing. Oh, it always is out there. And I've actually taken a page from your notebook. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, but I went ahead and got myself a new camper to live in at the racetrack. So even if the races are over by 10, I, I never wander out of there before three or four. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy, that's the way to do it. Oh yeah. Safe place to stay and a cooler full of beer. And it pretty usually makes for a pretty good night. And unless you're Brandon, you won't get arrested for walking to your camper and, uh, uh, passing out hey, your camp. Hey, I didn't walk. I did donuts the entire way. <laughs> okay, I was like, wait, is this a story I haven't heard yet? No, no, it's still the same story. Uh, I'm going to exaggerate more and more. For your life. Yep. So, uh, James, you mentioned that you don't think we're going to see the same feature winner out there next week. Uh, I won't be out there next week. I have a wedding to attend. My sister's getting married. Brad, you might have to be the uh, the quick time representative and go out there next weekend. Next weekend, I'm going to be in Bloomington, Indiana, to track meet. And, you better, you uh, better hit. Go to the, I can't even go to the racetrack there, the Bloomington Speedway, because I'm going to be at the track at a, for a five thousand meter race. Oh, fuck that shit. You need to, you need to get your priorities straight. <laughs> you should get a, um, should get one of those fire department people with their airplanes and just go rain out the track meet, but leave the track dry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, rain is okay. Lightning is not. So we would need a, uh, somebody from that has a direct line with God to make lightning. So uh, <laughs> there you go. God is a race fan most time, most of the time. So uh, we might be able to arrange that. So uh, James, who do you think is going to sw- uh, take home the uh, the victory next week? I mean, we saw a lot of top contenders out there this week. Uh, with you know, you mentioned Adam and Tyler. I believe Stu's probably going to be back out there this weekend. So I think that was part of his schedule. You know, Stu's a really tough guy to beat in that 305 car anywhere you go. I mean, he picked up that win over at Crawford County last Friday night. He's just been fast all year, but you do have, you know, the top four guys from Eagle, even the top five. Trevor Grossenbacher was right up there, too. Uh, Troy Sanford, he was kind of mid-pack, but first year kind of. Kind of getting everything back in. It's really hard to tell. Um, we had 24 cars last weekend, and I think at least 19 of them have a shot at picking up in. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Troy Stanford there a little bit, and I got to say his new paint scheme or vinyl wrap decal package this year is by far one of the best-looking sprint cards out there this year. Yeah, it really does look great. Um, it really breaks up that black with all the white and pink. And it doesn't have those reflective letters, which I noticed there was quite a few of out there. Your photographer's worst nightmare. Yes, Chase Weiler, I'm talking to you. I got a question for you. You just mentioned there were, what did you say, 24 sprint cars last weekend? Yep. Okay, this whole thing was started, 305s were started because the 360s had low car counts. Um, We used to have 40, 45 305s out there. What's going on? Why are there... Only 24 305s out there on a Saturday night with nothing else going on in the area. Uh, my simple answer is I saw a lot of names at a lot of different racetracks. Um, on the Roland Race News, I, I guess there really wasn't a ton of sprint car stuff going on, but I know that Stu made the trek over to Knoxville with the 360. There's a lot of people just kind of moving and shifting around. So that is a great question. But first night of the year, I think we started off kind of slow with car counts last year, too, and picked up as the season went on. 
Yeah, I know Stu made the trek up to Knoxville. Jason Martin was in the 360 up there at Knoxville yeah. as well. Uh, Jason is bringing back the 36 305 sprint car uh, a handful of times out there at Eagle this year. Um, we're missing Shaylee, obviously, because she got knocked up. But Chris Helgett's probably going to make a uh, make a few appearances <laughs> over there at uh, Eagle in that 03C car. Uh, I don't know about uh, – you might know – uh, James, if Chad Cook's going to bring out the 22 car, I know being a new father and all that, his priorities kind of changed a little bit. I'm not sure. I know that he had talked about it. I really haven't been over there or chatted with him about how the progress on that car is going. But I would assume, just knowing Chad, he's going to make it out at least a handful of times this year. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a handful of cars out there that, that weren't out there this weekend, but that, that I expect to see out there. I know Tim Fricky. In the 62 car, he was helping push, uh, doing the push truck duties out there at Eagle Raceway. I'm sure we're going to see his car out there at Eagle probably three or four or five times this year. So there's there's cars out there. And, uh, Brad, we're not dwindling to the, uh, the 14, 13 car count that we were seeing with the 360s. Yet. Yet. I think it's time to start a movement, bring back 360s and bring back the outlaws. I'm, I'm going to start spearheading the movement. All right. No, if we're going to bring back a movement, just say, fuck the 305s, fuck the 360s, and bring back 410s. Let's go big boy racing. <laughs> well, the last time the 410s were out there, there were like 20, 20 outlaws. And so there, it was a, I mean, it was a good show, but there was only about 20. And I, I think this guy named Kyle Larson put on one hell of a show. So. Never heard of the guy. Yeah. Nope. Not once. Not once. <laughs> All right, James, what else are we going to see at Eagle this year? Um, a whole bunch of excitement. It's the place to have fun in 2021. I wish I would have looked up the, uh, what we've got going on for next weekend so I could do a shameless plug. All I know is it's Mayday Madness. It's presented by Hotsey and I can't think of it. Damn it. <laughs> I knew I should have looked at the flyer. All right, Here I was take down notes. Oh, well, I fail all the time. What else is new? Welcome to my life, bud. All right. Moving on a little bit, let's let's give your uh, your little podcast here a little plug. Uh, Rolling Race News. I caught the the latest episode um, with Dan Taylor recapping uh, the action out there at Eagle Raceway. So if any of you guys are fans of the other classes, modifieds, stock cars, the majority. Stocks, majority. I mean, we are we are we are on our own little island. The sprint car elitists that we are. Uh, so if you want to check out any of the other action, James, you're doing a hell of a job with that thing right now. Thank you. I think we've got a long way to go. I mean, only being, I think I counted 14 episodes and two of those were explaining what the hell was going on, but I think we're doing all right. I'm actually kind of blown away at today's results from uploading about two o'clock this morning. I've got 15 views in 18 hours and I've never had one take off like that. So we'll see if it rides or if it's just going to plateau about nine o'clock when your show comes out. It'll probably be a little bit later than nine o'clock by the time this thing comes out. But you're doing a hell of a job. I mean, the the, the recap. I will. I got one little complaint. I didn't hear the Stu Snyder interview. I don't think it was in there. Really, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I it, it took me three takes last night because I bought one of those Blue Yeti microphones, and the sound is just so much better on it than my wireless. Well, I had that in the second floor to my house in my little studio B, as I call it, and. I went up there after work last night, and it was just hotter than hellfire. So I was like, oh, I'll take this out to the garage. No big deal. Well, it's a USB microphone, so I had to record off my laptop, 
Well, of course, the Wi-Fi wasn't reaching out to the garage, so I couldn't record on Anchor. So then I got on the Adobe Audition program and just used one of my wireless mics and got it all recorded. I was playing it back, editing it to get the clicks and stuff out. Well, somehow I clicked the wrong button and erased all my audio. So I had to go back in and do it again. Oh, I, I was so mad. I was ready to quit by the time the night was over. But we got it done. We got it taken care of. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, don't feel bad, James. Uh, the first time I did a interview with Stu, I took all the shit over to his house, and uh, the entire file was corrupt. So we had a good 45-minute conversation telling some really good stories that we'll probably never be able to tell the same way again because you know how that goes when you're drinking beer and having fun. Yeah. Stuff so. just flows better that way. Once the cans start flowing, the rest does too. Yeah, definitely. So, James, I want to thank you for jumping on with this week's Rolling Race News Eagle Raceway Roundup. Like I said, I won't be there this weekend, but uh, definitely the following weekend I'll be back there at Eagle Raceway. And uh, we might have to see about getting me a microphone in, in the hand and, uh, and taking on some uh, pit reporting duties with you. We could probably try that out. I know that um, that was actually something that kind of came up. I was doing the picture taking for the heat race winners to try and get the sponsors and drivers a little bit more exposure and like brandon horton had blown that motor and nobody really knew what happened i don't know if anybody knows what was up with gunner's car even to this day i didn't even realize gunner was out there to be honest he had trouble in hot laps he brought it out for the heat race and just took it straight off so must have been some kind of mechanical issue on the 25 machine but it would be pretty cool to be able to float around and do some pit reporting stuff and still take those pictures because the the response and the numbers on the Facebook page, just in comparison, I was scrolling back through last year's heat race results where it was just, you know, you're such and such class, here's your heat race winners where it was just typed out. It really brought a lot more fan interaction into it, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. That's the key to the game there is getting more fan interaction. So maybe maybe give me a microphone. We'll get Brad out there, put a camera back in his, in his hands, bring him out of the uh, the photo taken retirement. If Pat Grant can do it, so can you, Brad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm content with sitting in his fans, and simple. I'll judge the beers that are served. All right. You know, we'll we'll do that. We'll do the uh, the IB Brewing uh, uh Beer drink and review, kind of like Barstool Sports uh, pizza reviews. You know the rules. One drink, review the beer. <laughs> That's a good deal. All right, James, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, that way, because you're going to be the only guys out there at Eagle Raceway. So thanks for jumping on with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. All right, James Roland, thanks again for jumping on with us with the Roland Race News Eagle Raceway Roundup. I think that's going to do it for us, Brad. Uh, pretty full episode this week. Well, I jump on a plane on Thursday and go back to Bloomington, Indiana. I uh, can't make the can't make Bloomington Speedway again because I have a track meet. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be there in Bloomington for three weeks, uh, three different times, and I can't go to Bloomington Speedway. But uh, yeah, and I get back on Sunday, and my season's slowly winding down. But yep, track meets work. Got to get it done. Yeah, get that. Uh, get your track meet season over with. That way, we can get you back at the racetrack. I can't wait to get to the racetrack. I I am so ready for a pork fritter and a Bud Light and sprint car racing. All right. With that being said, we will catch everybody on the flip side.